This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church. Stay tuned and find us online at nagsheadchurch.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nags Head Church. Good morning. Wasn't it great to see the kids up here and uh, leading us in worship as we began? If you got here a little late... Oh, you missed out, let me tell you what. They'll be doing that again, by the way, in the next gathering, so I'm excited for that. Uh, turn in your Bibles with me, if you will. Uh, you want to find Ephesians chapter 4. While you're looking there, I want to say happy birthday to Barbara Carpenter. Birthday number 84. 84, right over here. It's, it's always good to evaluate, always good to evaluate things. Uh, we do it all the time. Uh, you might get an annual evaluation at work. Uh, a lot of us do. Uh, um, a pastor friend of mine um, the other day, last week, put out a marriage evaluation on, on Facebook, and he said, here are 15 questions that each couple needs to ask Annually, I think I'm going to go ahead and post that somewhere so you can see that. Fifteen questions that's, that a couple needs to annually ask as an evaluation. When a baby's born, baby's born in a hospital, the medical staff uh, use something called an APGAR score to take a look at the baby and evaluate the baby's pretty much physical health. Is everything there and seems to be working like, like it should? Uh, parents take their kids to the doctor annually. Um, for, uh, for an evaluation, see how they're growing and see how they're doing to get there maybe when they're young, especially get their yearly shots. That's always a joy for mom and dad uh, to do that. Um, when you go car shopping, um, you, go, uh, you go out looking for a new car and you go to the car dealer and you evaluate, you do a test drive. I did that the other day. I went to a car dealer and, and uh, did a couple test drives and surprised the, uh, I think surprised the salesman who was sitting in the back seat when I got on a straight open road, kind of out in the country, and I thought, I didn't say out loud, but I said, let's see what this puppy will do. And, uh, and then I asked him, if I get a ticket, does the dealership pay for it? You know, you, you evaluate, uh, you kick the tires, whatever it is that you look under the hood and so forth. Um, if you're our guest here this morning, I want to say thank you for being here. And, and just by the fact that you're a guest, let me tell you something that you are doing right now. And you've been doing since we started this morning, since probably you pulled into the parking lot. You know what you were doing? You were evaluating as a guest, maybe especially if it's your first time. Evaluating. You evaluated our welcome, our coffee, um, our kids' ministry, our music, our atmosphere, our spirit, you're going to be evaluating the preaching here this morning. And that's a good thing to do. I do that as well when I go visit a church for the first time. And, and we'd love to, for you to let us know what you think, too. You can do that and tell us, here's what I, I evaluated this morning, Rick, and here's what I thought. And, um, and uh, so, and, and I'll look at that, and, and if it's a good evaluation, I'll take, and if it's not, I'll file it away. You know what I mean? Over the years, I found it helpful uh, to, this time of year, bring a state of the church message. Sometime in the next couple weeks, our president's going to bring a state of the union message. And I don't want to get political here, 
But if he says the state of our union is strong, I'm going to look at him and go, what union do you live in? You know, uh, we're in trouble in a whole lot of ways, especially if you work for the federal government. You know that right now. I found it helpful to this time of year bring this um, message, and it's never the same, but a message that simply says based on what we did well in 2018, uh, maybe what we didn't do well, let's evaluate the health of our church. That's because we believe more than anything else that we can judge um, what we, what, what's so important for us to do is, is to judge the health within our church. And health means for us, it means that we're balanced in our five purposes. How did we do? How are we? How can we better fulfill our ministry and our mission? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. And uh, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, but we're not going to take the time to go to all of them because we won't have the time. But they're there for you uh, maybe later on to go and look up that, that, will, that will support some of the points that we're going to go through this morning. But I'm glad, um, I'm glad you're here, whether you're a first-time guest, you're a regular attender, you're a partner in this fellowship. And so if you are, again, our guest, thanks for being here. Um, you're going to hear what we're about this morning. You attenders are going to be nudged. You've been attending here for a while. I'm going to nudge you that it's time to get off the bleachers and get into the game. It's time to put the uniform on. It's time to pick up the ball. And you partners are going to be challenged to be the church that God wants us to be in 2019. Uh, it's important to me and our, our team of pastors. And uh, for those of you who don't know, again, maybe your first time here, we have six pastors on our team. It's important for me and our pastors and our staff that this be a sort of breakthrough year for us here in 2019. Now, here's what the Bible says. I'm going to read this morning from the NLT, Ephesians 4.16. It says, he is talking about Christ. If you back up the truck a little bit in Ephesians 4, you see he's talking about Jesus. Paul says, he makes the whole body, speaking of the church, fit together perfectly. As, and I've underlined this, these, some of these phrases, as each part does its own special work. If you're a partner in the church at Nags Head this morning, you should smile as you read that because the Bible says you're special. All right? What you do is special. And some of you are extra special. You know what I mean? Um, but as each part does its own special work. And when each part does its own special work, what happens? It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing. It's, it's just kind of logical. If you, know, you think back to your, your biology classes in school, it's just logical that if something is healthy, it also is growing. Right? Healthy things grow. It's healthy and growing, full of love. Now, amongst our partners... We have as partners, we have an agreement that we, that we agree to with each other. It can be downloaded from our website. And it includes um, a lot of scriptures to provide support. And it says, here's what we as partners, and, and by the way, for our guests, our partners are our members. That's the term we use. As partners, here's what we agree to do and to be as part of Nags Head Church. I want you to go through it, and this is a refresher for our, for our partners, for our attenders, and for our guests. Might not be so much, might be something new for you. Number one, we agree that I will protect the unity of my church. Pastor told me years ago, in fact, right before, he was my pastor right before I came to this church. And um, the last Sunday that I was there at that church, he said to me, I'll never forget some of, the, some of the things he said, but one thing he said to me is, Rick, protect the unity of the church. Nothing, he said, is more fragile 
than a church's unity. Protect the unity. So together as a church, we agree to protect it. How do we do that? There are three ways uh, that we agree to protect the unity. First of all, it's by acting in love toward others in the fellowship. Love. And we speak of love here, we're speaking of biblical love, agape love. We're not speaking necessarily of warm, fuzzy love. Although warm fuzzy is fun sometimes, but really real love and loving one another, serving one another and and doing what's best for the other person. We act in love toward others in the fellowship. We refuse to gossip. Now I'm not going to call any names out here, but some of you have a propensity. I had a guy in college that used to call gossips and he would talk about sister flapjaw in the church. You know what I mean? I thought that was funny. But it's not just the sisters that can do this. By gossiping, I refuse to gossip. And then thirdly, by following the leaders. That would be our elders, that would be our ministry team leaders, that would be our staff who lead our ministries. By When they say, here's what we need to do today, we do it based on Hebrews 13, uh, verse 17. So uh, there are some things that we do to protect the unity of our church. Love one another, don't gossip, follow the leadership. Secondly, I will share the responsibility of my church. Again, church life gets real and is real when we all get involved with one another in our gifts and our talents. When we don't hoard, when we don't simply consume but when we give away freely and we pass along what we have and what God's given us in our gifts, our talents, and we do that by praying for its health. One thing that we need to do and do regularly is pray for our church, pray for its health, and I appreciate those who do. By investing in the lives of the unchurched and inviting them to attend, by building relationships with people outside of Christ, outside of the church, and, uh, and then as we build those relationships, uh, saying, hey, how about coming to church with me next Sunday? And if you come to church with me next Sunday, I'll buy you lunch afterwards. How's that? That always helps. But uh, inviting them, investing in them. And then by warmly accepting people as they are. Uh, People come in here with all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of looks, all different kinds of cultures that they've grown up in, and uh, all different kinds of way they dress and, and don't dress sometimes, but accepting people the way they are. Now here's the key to that, because some people will take that to an extreme that the Bible doesn't mean. We always accept people the way they are because that's how God accepted you and me, right? How many of you grew up in the old, in the Southern Baptist Church where they sang, just as I am, 14 times at the end of every sermon, all right? 14 verses. And uh, pastors stand up there pleading. Somebody finally felt sorry for him. So, okay, I'll go up and say, uh, pray for me, pastor, or something. And uh, God accepts us just as we are, but God never expects us to stay that way. Did you get that? He accepts us as we are. He just says, now, don't stay like that. And there are some scriptures there uh, for that point. I'll share the responsibility of my church. And church is a sharing thing. That's what Ephesians 4 said. Every part, every member does its part and shares. Then I will serve the ministry of my church. Ministry at Nag said church is serving one another within the body of Christ. And I do that by discovering my talents, my gifts and my talents. How has God gifted me? How has the Holy Spirit gifted me to do ministry. There are some of you in here who have amazing giftedness and you use it, encouragement, right? There are a couple people in this church who I know have the gift of encouragement because they encourage me constantly. They're always saying things to encourage me um, 
as a, as a, as a fellow partner in the church. Discovering your gifts and your talents. Uh, Tom teaches that in his 301 class. Here's what the gifts are that God's got for us as Christians. And so if you've already taken 201, you haven't taken 301, you need to see Andy after the gathering and say, I need to be in that class and, uh, and learn from Tom. By being equipped to serve by my pastors. Equipped means giving the tools so that you can do the work of the ministry. And, and that's our job as pastors. Ephesians 4, if you, you uh, read just before that verse, says that God gives pastors to the church to equip the church to do the ministry. So when people say to me, are you the minister at Nagshead Church? I say, I'm one of, very, of lots of us. You know, lots of ministers. You saw ministers up here. Ministers were passing the offering bags. Ministers are in the back table doing the sound and the lights. Ministers are upstairs teaching our children in the nursery, changing diapers. What a wonderful ministry that is. Colorful ministry that can be. Not my gift. All right, now. But I'm thankful for those who have it. All right, um, so that by, and then lastly, by developing a servant's heart. By developing a servant's heart. Servant's heart, that means being like Jesus. Um, that verse there, a passage in Philippians chapter 2, tells us to have the same mind as Christ who, and it talks about him serving. He didn't come to be served, he came to serve by being a servant. And a servant, you know what a servant, servant does? A servant does his master's, her master's will. That's what a servant does. A servant essentially has no will. A servant says, what do you want me to do, master? And so we do our master's will. We have a servant's heart that's being like Christ. And then fourth, I will support the testimony of my church. Another good word for testimony is reputation. I'll support the reputation of my church. Before I came to this church, uh, I remember some folks that when I did come, uh, to this church, and, and some of, well, not very many of you remember Nag said uh, Baptist Church back in the 80s and so forth, but I remember one couple came, and, and they, they, they actually told me this. They said, we thought that church was shut down. Why? Well, you know, the sign was in disrepair. Uh, the grass looked like it never got cut, well, and actually there was no grass. It was just, you know, weeds and sand spurs and lots of cactus. It, you know, it just, it did not look like anybody was caring for anything. Well, that affects the reputation, the testimony of the church, doesn't it? When people drive by and go, ooh, I don't know if I want to go there. And uh, so uh, the reputation, we support the testimony of the church. And how do I do that? Number one, and this is becoming a lost practice in our current culture, and it needs to be revived by attending gatherings faithfully, by attending gatherings, being here. If you're not here today, you're missing out on a lot of things. You missed out on the children singing. You missed out on the worship that we've had. You missed out on the opportunity maybe to give. You missed, you're missing out on the teaching uh, this morning. You're missing out on, on seeing your friends and, and worshiping with those that you haven't seen since last Sunday and, uh, and getting to meet new people. So, by attending gatherings faithfully. Secondly, by living a godly life, a life that reflects Christ, a life of holiness, a life that is we're walking as Jesus walked. So I'll support the testimony of my church by out in the world, not just on Sunday when I'm at church, but out in the world, I'm living like Jesus. I'm following, I'm being 
a servant walking in his will. And then lastly, by giving regularly as God enables me. And there are scriptures there for, for all of these. Now, let me just, a caveat to, to our church partners. The rest of you just kind of flip off the switch for a second. But if you're a partner here and you ever get to the place where you cannot live up to these four things to which you've agreed, you say, I just can't do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore, whatever it might be. You need to find a pastor, and there are six of us here. You need to find a pastor that you're comfortable talking to and say, can I sit down and talk with you about that? And help, let us help find out why uh, maybe you're having, having a struggle, what, what the issue might be, the concern might be, because ultimately we're here to help you grow. That's why we exist. Now, there are some things in evaluating Nag said Church in 2018, there are some things that God, great things that God did in and through us last year. And I'm going to talk about some of those things. But if I called this our 2019 State of the Church address, I would I would have to be honest and say that with as many good things that took place in Nag said Church last year, our church isn't as healthy as it should or could be. <clears throat> Can I be just transparent honest with you? We're not as healthy as we should or could be. Here's some symptoms of that lack of health, that missing health, that another word for that would be disease. What are the symptoms of it? One is this. We're out of balance, and health comes from balance and our purposes. We're out of balance when it comes to evangelism. Evangelism. Winning people to Jesus Christ. Sharing the gospel and seeing men and women come to know Jesus as Savior. We're out of balance in that. How do you know that, Rick? Well, if we look back at our baptisms last year, I would say, and I don't have the number in my head, but I think, simply, I think we baptized once, maybe twice last year, and I would say we had the lowest number of baptisms last year than we've had in many, many years. And baptisms are the follow-up to someone believing in Jesus. So if we're not baptizing folks and baptizing folks on a regular basis, that means we're not evangelizing. You say, is that your job, Pastor? No. Whose job is it to do the work of the ministry, church? Ours, and we're not doing the evangelism part. Each one of us who is a partner should ask this question. Who did I lead? And to prove the point that I'm making, every partner, I just ask this question. Who did I lead to Christ and to discipleship in 2018? Who did I personally bring to Jesus last year? Ask that question. That's a kind of a haunting question. And then take a second look and ask that question uh, um, you know, of, of, of our church. Who did we lead to Jesus? That's why Jesus left us here, to live and tell the gospel so that others can have his eternal life. Being out of balance in evangelism is partly responsible, too, for the next system or symptom of disease. And that, number two, is we're out of balance when it comes to belonging, to belonging or fellowship. We have hovered just below the 200 mark in partners for several years. I think one time we got over it by two or three partners, and then by the time next year we're back down in the 90s, 190s or something. We have hovered just below that mark for a number of years. We call that in, in church talk, they call that a plateau. You know what a plateau is? It's a mountain with a flat top. We have plateaued. 
Last year, uh, praise God, we had 20 new partners come into our fellowship last year. 20. Um, And I'm grateful for every single one of them. But that's less than two per month. And why is that? Well, back up to point number one. It's because we're not evangelizing. And most of those 20 who came in, frankly, were people who moved here from other places and said, we're looking for a new church. They weren't new believers. We're glad to have every one of those 20, glad to have them on our team. But through, but then the opposite happened through people moving out of the area, from people falling away from the Lord, from people having broken marriages, becoming discontented with the vision or the beliefs of the church, and from some even believing rumors and false teaching. And I'll say this again, as I've said before, the internet is a cesspool for false teaching and spreading lies amongst Christians. Because of a number of those things, we lost a number of partners last year. Uh, and, and let me say to you, when, when we lose partners in Nags Head Church, that hurts. It hurts our pastors. It hurts you. We see them dropping out of your ministry teams. The children say, wonder what happened to so-and-so who used to be our teacher. And uh, you wonder, and our connection groups, they drop out of our connection groups. Uh, that hurts when that happens. Um, and it doesn't please anybody. We've lost a number of folks. That's going to happen. I'll just be honest with you. Having done this for as many years as I have, it happens. Uh, But we're not growing in number, which goes back to number one um, about evangelism. The good thing is, let me kind of throw a positive in with this negative. The good thing is we continue to see new folks coming to worship with us. And I'm always, every Sunday I'm meeting people and saying, who are you, what's your name, how long you've been coming here, and a lot of folks have been coming here for a while, and, and, uh, and that's good to see new folks coming in. The third area, third symptom, is that we're out of balance in our giving, in our giving. Now again, balance means, according to Ephesians 4, balance means that we all do our what? Our part. Every single one of us, if every single one of us does our part, and our commitment as a church Frankly, last year, supporting the church financially, the commitment level dropped. It lessened. And we might say, yeah, but we lost some partners. Yeah, but we gained some. And we can't say the economy was terrible last year. The economy was pretty good last year. I mean, how how long has it been since we paid $4 for gas? You know what I mean? So some things are, are good are happening. But, and I know that some of us in our church, when it comes to giving, by the way, for our guests, please don't think I preach about giving every Sunday. What did the preacher preach about today? Money. Come back next month, however. The whole series in the, whole, the month of February is going to be about what Jesus taught about money. So that'll be next month. And if you have a problem with that, you have a problem with Jesus, okay? Because we're going to just quote his words pretty much. Some of us do all that we can And there are some of us in our church that I think probably do more than your part. And I'm grateful for you. We are. But the truth is, and here's, again, uh, these stats were given to me. The truth is this. Only 30%, that's less than a third, of our partners are consistent, regular, and generous in their giving. Consistent and generous. 30%, less than a third. That means a third of our church is carrying the bulk of the weight um, financially that we need to continue as a ministry. That's a sign of 
a lack of health. Then we discovered that 20%, here's the scary thing, 20% of our partners are not giving financially at all, gave nothing last year to the church. Why? Uh, Some of us don't know. uh, I said, why is that, God? Some of us, frankly, I think, don't know what the Bible says about giving and managing our finances. And again, the truth is we don't talk a lot about about money here, and maybe we should talk more about it. Um, Jesus said that there's a relationship between our, our passion and our purse, between our walk and our wallet. He said they're related, and he said it's a pretty significant relationship. So those are some signs of illness in the church, but the good news is this. I've given you the bad stuff, okay? Let me tell you the good news. All of those symptoms are all curable. You know, it's good when you go to the doctor and you, and you feel like, you know, I've got the flu or I've got this or I've got that. I feel really bad. And the doctor says, we can fix that. We can take care of that. And he writes you a prescription and you go to the pharmacy and you have to take out a mortgage on your home. But you know, if I, if I, if I get this medicine, if I get this drug, the doc says, and if you've ever had, for example, the flu and they give you a prescription for, uh, was it Tamiflu or something? Is that what it's called? I don't know because I get the flu shot. But Tamiflu, you get that prescription and you know the doc says in three or four days, I'm going to be back to feeling my old self, being healthy again. The good news is the prescription for these things that demonstrate a lack of health is that they're all curable. They're all healable, if you will. So this isn't this morning. It's not all gloom and doom. It's not all hopeless. And I believe God, church, I believe God can use you and he can use me to turn all of these things, all those things I just mentioned, those three things out of balance around in 2019. So this year we're going to seek intentionally seek God to reverse those trends in our church. And our hope is to see you leading your friends and neighbors to faith in Christ. Our hope is to see you investing in your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers and inviting them to come and see what Nag said church is about so that they can hear the word of God and they can hear the gospel. But for you to be witnessing to them as well. Our hope this year is to see our baptism tank up here on stage uh, more often than it's not, to see it being used constantly. Our hope is for those of you who have been attending, and there's a lot of you here this morning, you've been attending for a while. Our hope is for those of you who have been attending who know the Lord to step up to the plate and say, I'm ready to be a partner at Nagshead Church and to help us reach this community and reach our world. Our hope is to provide financial counseling where it's needed. So that those of you who say, you know, I wish I could give, but I am in so much debt, I'm, I'm over my head in debt, uh, I'm sinking fast, to provide some financial counseling where it's needed so that you can start honoring God with the first fruits of your labor if you're not. Because that's the reason why some of us aren't giving. Um, it's because every month that thing comes in the mail from our credit card. You know what I mean? And we have to give what should be going to God, we give it to that instead. We want to talk about, counsel with you about how to get out of debt. And we're going to share some testimony about that as well. Um, There are some things, while there's some negatives and there's some things out of balance, there's some things to celebrate. So I want to finish this morning uh, with those things. Because God has been at work, um, often in spite of us, uh, more often, I think, with us. What are some things we can celebrate? Number one, 
our commitment to ministry is strong. When I say that, what do you mean by that? How can you measure that? Over 90% of our partners, nine out of 10, have a regular weekly ministry at Nagshead Church or in leading our connection groups. Over 90%. Now, you go talk to any pastor in any church, any church expert in this country, and they'll look at you if you tell them that, their jaw will drop open. Because that's virtually unheard of. The standard in churches in America for years has been 20% do the work of 80%. That's been the standard, and most churches will accept that. That's just the way it is. We've said, no, that's not the way it should be, because we read that verse in Ephesians that said, every member does its part, 90% or more. Um, and so when so many are serving others each week, as they're doing here in Nagshead Church this morning, for example, that's a sign of health. Our servants have already met you this morning. They met you in the parking lot. They met you on the sidewalk. They met you at the coffee counter. They welcomed you at the door. They're serving this morning as ushers. They're playing or singing in our band. They're operating our sound and our video and our lights this morning. They checked your kids in at the kiosks for Calabunga Cove. They are, they're in our nursery and our kids' classes right now teaching and loving your children. They're counting the offerings this morning. They're depositing those offerings in the bank. They've led you in worship. They've prayed with and for you. And those are just what, that's just what happens on Sunday mornings in our ministries. Uh, tonight, our student ministry, our youth, our middle school and high school ministry challenges middle and high schoolers with the claims of Christ. During the week, our volunteer housekeeping team those are our, our secret agents. Those are our, our, our church mice. They, uh, they're, they're here when nobody sees them, but they come in during the week and they clean and straighten up uh, the inside of the building and do a great job with that. Uh, our connection group leaders help us understand and discover God's truth in his word in small groups and, and how to care for one another. You know what Chris shared last week, if you were here last Sunday? By the way, if you weren't here last Sunday, you need to go uh, to our podcast and, and watch uh, because Chris, our our drummer this morning shared their, their story. And what he shared last Sunday about Nag said Church ministering to him and to Jerry is a, is a great big sign of church health. It really, truly is. Last year, our elders assisted the Outer Banks Community Church, um, church in Kill Devil Hills, um, in ordaining their elders. Uh, two more elders came onto our pastoral team here last year, younger men, younger guys. Uh, increasing our pastoral team from four to six. Pastor Tom Lee became, last year, took on the role of pastor of partner care, a new pastoral position that we, we began last Sunday, and primarily to make sure that none of us fall through the cracks. That's a sign of being a healthy church. We've recently started a new college-age young adult connection group. Uh, it's already formed, and it's happening, and, and we're excited about that. They're already, I, I love young people, this group is already talking about splitting and starting a new group, dividing into a second group, all right? That's what it's about, you know? It's not, we're comfortable with us four and no more, our holy huddle. They say, we want to grow. We want to reach into our community, into our age group, and start a new group. How exciting is that? Um, more people attend Sunday morning. Here's a sign of health. Again, I get people ask me about that. How many partners do you have in your church? And I'll tell them whatever the number is. I don't know it off the top of my head a little bit less than 200. 
and I'll tell them. And they'll say, oh, how many folks come to your church every Sunday? Oh, this time of year, somewhere around 300, maybe a little bit more than that. Wait a second, you have less than 200 members, and you have more than 300 coming to church? Yeah, that's a sign of a healthy church, by the way. Because so many of our churches, uh, they've got six or 700 members in their church, and on Sunday they've got 145, you know. And that's typical um, in our churches. Um, it's a sign of health that more people attend here than we have as partners. Then secondly, I think this is two, our commitment to discipleship is thriving. Not just ministry, but discipleship. Andy tells me that of our partners, 56 of our partners have been all the way around the bases in our discipleship classes. And typically those 56 are people who have been here for a while. It takes a while to go around the bases. When we talk about going around the bases, we have five classes that we call first base, second base, third place, base, home plate, and then there's the pitcher's man. And they all talk and take on a different level of being a disciple. And uh, to go through all five takes a while. It takes, you know, should take no less than a couple of years. So 56 have been through all of those. That's a little bit more than 25% of our church. But our goal, just like in ministry, our goal is to, for 100% of our church to be serving in ministry. Our goal for going around the bases and becoming disciples of Jesus is 100% as well. Um, this year, more of us are in connection groups than this year, or the last year at this time. Our groups have grown, our numbers have grown, and we're learning and serving and praying together. I had a conversation recently with a longtime partner who said to me, I- I'm not growing. And so I asked a couple questions. I said, well, how many of our classes have you attended? How many of our classes have you attended? And his answer was, none. None. And I said, well, what connection group are you in? And his answer was, I'm not. The two of the three things that we do most to help people grow in our church, the third would be being present here. I think this helps growth as well. Two of the three that we've done, he's not participated in at all. And he said, I'm not growing. And I wanted to say, hello. Be a disciple. Being a learner is a choice. A lot of churches have no real strategy, by the way, for their for their members to grow. Uh, they just kind of hope it happens. You know, if I get up and preach the word every Sunday, they'll grow. That's, that's a nice thought. Um, they just hope that it happens. Uh, we've chosen a plan to help you uh, mature, and, and that plan is those five classes, 101 to 501. The other is our connection groups, and if you're part of the 75% of our partners who are moving around the bases, be sure to sign up um, uh, with, with Andy after church and uh, he'll be in the lobby, as he mentioned, and, uh, or you can use a Connect card. But if you're not a partner yet, our 101 class, as he said, is coming up on sa- Sunday the 27th after the 11 o'clock gathering. I'd love for you to be there. Um, 201 through 501 will be taught on Saturday the 26th. What time does that begin again? 930. 930 in the morning. Um, so I hope you'll sign up for those things and get the one that you need next. Uh, then next, number three, our commitment. What, what something we can celebrate? Our commitment to missions is as high as it's ever been. How do you know that, Rick? I talk to our missionaries. How do you know that, Rick? I see the results. Our teams that went to Eleuthera last year in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, they went to reach those islands and train pastors. 
Others went to reach those here in the southeast to people who lost so much uh, during the hurricanes. And they went there with supplies and prayer and the gospel. Uh, We last year served our homeless community, which we're going to do again here soon. We reach out to and assist foster parents and we give those kids, those foster kids, some things just for their basic needs as they begin in those foster homes. We have people that go into First Flight Elementary School on a regular basis, weekly basis, and work with teachers to help these students academically. We're involved uh, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes in the middle schools and high schools, and, and Ramon, our student pastor, is the football chaplain at Manio High School. We fed lifeguards last summer. Lots of us are volunteering in the community, frankly, in ways that... I I don't know about, and that's okay, but you're being the presence of Christ there wherever it is that you're volunteering. And regularly, Nagsed Church partners are involved in bringing the gospel into our local nursing home uh, to the residents there. And all of those things are a sign of a healthy church that's plugged into missions, that's excited about missions. Now, our hope this year, we talked a good bit about it yesterday, talked about it at our annual church conference in December, if you were here for that. Our hope is to establish um, in 2019 a satellite venue of Nagshead Church in Hyde County, right? To go into Hyde County and do a satellite, which means it's going to be, it's going to be a video taught church service uh, in Hyde County. We uh, hopefully envision that becoming a new church plant out there. So that's exciting, too. I'm very pumped up about that. So what's on the horizon? As God blesses, and we're going to talk about next Sunday how to get in on God's blessing. As God blesses, uh, we are right now 20 months away from burning our mortgage on this building. Right? Well, mortgage that we opened up in 2000. Six, I believe, we began making payments as we began to build this building, a 30-year mortgage. You add 30 years to 2006, and you can do do the math. That's when it ultimately was due. We, as God blesses, we should have that paid off in October of next year. Um, And what will that do? Well, we're paying to our mortgage right now, we're paying $12,000 a month. And when that's paid off, that will be $144,000 that's been freed up to do ministry and mission here at Nagshead Church. $144,000. We could do a lot with that. Right? That's uh, just 20 months away, and that's exciting, and that's a sign of health. We've identified the areas where we need strengthening. In our, we had a, a, a staff and pastor's retreat uh, Friday and Saturday. Just came back from that yesterday, and we talked about the two areas specifically that we most need to target and focus on. We've identified those areas. And, and the, you know, we know that no church is perfect. And the reason no church is perfect, um, just look around and you'll find out the reason. No church is perfect because of us. Um, we know that. Uh, but we can doesn't mean we can't be better. And so that's our, our goal this year. My teaching calendar this year, it's already planned out, God willing, for the, and he could change things, but it's already been planned out. This year, prayerfully designed to build up the body, to encourage us to learn how to be strengthened and how to be enabled in the Holy Spirit, how to overcome our weaknesses and our fears and our anxieties. So we have 50 weeks ahead of us, and we're excited about that. They can be, uh, if we want them to be, uh, they can be, if we pray for them to be, um, 
If we, if we uh, how did somebody say it? If we work like it all depends on us, but pray like it all depends on God, you know? If we do our part, they can be the 50 greatest weeks we've ever had at Nags Head Church. And, and I'm looking forward to that. I believe that's very possible. Um, we, uh, we, in this sta- pastor staff retreat, we spent a lot of time encouraging one another, talking about things openly and honestly, and then dreaming about what God might do. And, and our leadership, our pastors, and our staff uh, are on board with this. And uh, we just need to, to go together. And here's why. Why is that important? Why is it important that we protect the unity of our church? Why is it important that we support the testimony of our church? Why is it important that we do all these things that we've been talking about? Let me give you the reason why. There are too many folks around us here in Nagshead, Dare County. There are too many people around us who still don't know Christ. Too many people around us who have yet to hear that Jesus died for them and that they can have a personal relationship with him, have their sins forgiven, have everlasting life. Too many people who don't know that yet. Too many people who don't know that God loves them. Why is that important? Another reason that's important is that our culture is in a mess. And what that tells me is these children up here, God bless them, I don't know how many kids were up here, probably 25 or more, I don't know. These children up here, and some of them are my grandkids, they need a church that supports families. They need a church that supports families with solid Bible teaching. They need a church that supports families with resources. They need a church that upholds the scriptures. It says this is the word of God that does not change because our culture's in a mess. And so this morning, my appeal to you, Nag said church partners, as we look at the church, as we evaluate the church, I'm going to finish up by saying, I hope and I ask that you'll come along with us. You'll say, yeah, we're on the team. We're going to, we're going to work with and we're going to be and we're going to support and do all that we can do because we can only do it, hear me, together. Only do it together. And it matters for eternity. That's why it's important. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Our pastors are right now moving to the four corners of the building, one, two, three, four, and, and uh, one of them's coming up here right to the middle. And if you are a partner of Nagshead Church, or maybe you're a tender of Nagshead Church, and you say, you know, I'll, I'm going to buy into this, Rick. I think this is what God wants for Nagshead Church this year, and I'm, I want to be supportive. If you'll say today, I will commit to doing all I can this year to making our church healthy, starting with taking care of my own spiritual health. I'd like, to, like you to go right now to the corner where the pastors are. And they're in different places. And just grab a corner that's close to you or look around for your favorite pastor. But go to the corner where that person might be. We're going to find out, guys, right now. Yeah. I want you to go right now. Right now, I want you to go. Right now, I want you to go to that corner, would be with that pastor, and, um, and he's going to pray with you. And pastors, once that happens, I want you to lead that group in the prayer, and then we're going to finish up with a song. Don't do this unless you're committed to this, all right? This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church. Love God, love others, reach the world.